The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. upon me. I change into a wolf. Listen to me, Frank. I saw my father become obsessed by his power. He died a horrible death. There's no need for us all to storm after her. She'll come in if I ask her. Why should we treat her so fancy? She's a Frankenstein. Welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema's Universal Monster Series. I'm your host, Jimbo, and today joined once again by... Art Toast. Art Toast, my dad. Um, so this will be our second installment of the Universal Monster Series for this October. Um, mm. This we have decided on Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. So dad, before we get started, I have a question for you. What two Universal Monsters would you like to see in a movie... Squaring off against each other. Maybe one that's not been done, or maybe one that has been done, but do it better. Now, this is going to be silly. Well, recording with you always has something to do with it. I just, this just popped into my head. <laughs> no, no. Dracula meets the Invisible Man. <laughs> and they got to fight in a room full of mirrors so the Invisible Man can't see Dracula in his reflection. No, uh, th- this movie tonight, uh, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, is because of the Universal Studio. It was probably the ultimate fight at the time. 
uh, between two of the biggest monsters in in history of Frankenstein and Wolfman. Uh, but if I'd have to go with another one just to do it, and it's it, everything's got their limitations though. I'd like to see the creature from Black Lagoon fighting somebody. I'm down to who? I don't I think know. the Wolfman. I think that'd be really good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, that that would be a good one. Of course, they're both limited because creature can only stay out of the water so long. And, uh, and the wolf man's hair gets wet. <laughs> well, that and of course he's only a wolf man when it's the full moon. And so right. that would that would probably be a good. That one. way he could return back to the water and you know regenerate while mm-hmm. the wolf man waited till the next night to come back out. Um, or the next full moon to show up. <laughs> right. So I think... That'd be um, an interesting thing. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and start talking about this movie, Dad. Take it away. Okay. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Okay. Let me stop you real quick. I know you just got started. They call it Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. And as I said in the last episode, that really bothers me, uh, bothers me because he's not Frankenstein. It's the Frankenstein's monster. monster. But I think they just did that for... Probably to draw the audience in because most people still think it's Frankenstein. They see Frankenstein at the stores, and they see that picture of the monster, and they say, "Oh, that's Frankenstein." Right. I mean, I've even been, I've even said that before too. You know, what yeah, I mean? hey, bring me that Frankenstein. It's a, just a common thing whenever you see uh, a picture or a movie with the monster in it, immediately comes to your mind. It's, it's Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, Frankenstein was the creator or the doctor. That made the monster, and so it's just a common error that don't that don't really bother me that much with the uh, the name of the movie of Frankenstein meets Wolfman because that's what pops in in general to people's uh, mind. Uh, of course, with the success and of the original Frankenstein, and of course all of that's branched off of that. There, <clears throat> it makes a draw from it gives the creature a name, so to speak. Uh, and so I think that's how that fits into that. Here we are. That's just my my two cents. You know when you know what's worth. <laughs> two cents. <laughs> Frankenstein meets Wolfman. Now, as a boy growing up, again, this here is the uh, oh, I got to see this movie. Frankenstein, Wolfman fighting the monster for you, Jimmy. <laughs> Uh, fighting. Who's Jimmy? Jimbo. <laughs> You're letting all the secrets out of the bag. Oh, yeah, it's, it's out there now. Uh, and so it's the the ultimate fight that everybody's wanting to see. And when when you get into the movie and you watch it, and, and actually I think the fight scene's only about three minutes. It's terrible. I was going to say this, you know, and I remember this because this is one I had seen before. And, you know, you're, Frank Stein meets, well, they're going to be fighting the whole movie. You know, one of them will beat one down, they'll get back, and the other one will come beat them up, and then there'll be an ultimate showdown. That's not what this movie's about at all. So I'm going to go ahead and give the synopsis of this. Um, basically, Lon Chaney, who is uh, Talbot, Mr. Talbot, Lawrence Talbot, he has been dead for four years. He's in a crypt. <laughs> These two burglars break in and realize there's a little spade on him. And it just so happens to be a full moon night. And uh, basically, he comes back to life as the wolf man and uh, escapes, kills kills uh, one of them at least. I don't know if he killed both of them. But he uh, basically, they find him. Uh, and he's in like a, a, a hospital, mental institution, if you will. And he's like, look. He's like, they're like, what's your name? He said, look, I'm Lawrence Talbot. And he's like, well, okay, whatever. And 
they don't believe that it's him because they know that he died. Uh, they inquiry back to, he tells them where he's from, and they inquiry back to where he was from. Like, yeah, he's been dead for four years. I sat there and I saw him dying myself. His dad cracked him over the head, broke his skull when he thought it was the, the wolf man, but it was actually his son when he turned back. So now they think he's crazy. And he's like, look, he's like, you, you got to you gotta kill me. All I want to do is die. That's all he wants to do. All he wants to do in this movie is die because he knows he's going to hurt more and more people if he stays alive. And he said, look, you know, uh, I need somebody to help me. He's like, you cannot keep me here because they, they, they tie him up. Put him in a straight jacket and he gnaws through the straight jacket and escapes again and goes kill somebody else. So uh, basically, he decides to go look for the original gypsy woman whose son had turned him into a werewolf because he bit him in the chest. Um, Maliva, I think's her name. Um, so he goes and he finds her and she's, he's like, Look, you got to help me. She's like, Look, I know somebody. And he's like, oh, yeah. That's the, she's like, I'll look after him. She's like, but we won't stay here. I'll look after him, make sure he's 10 for like I tended after my own son. So she's, uh, they're going to look for Dr. Frankenstein. Only problem is Dr. Frankenstein's dead. Uh, so uh, they come across. He's like, uh, look, I need, you know, I need his diaries or something will show me uh, how, I can, how I can basically, you know, he created life. Maybe there's a way to destroy life. So he's on the mission to find the diary. Well, uh, he meets Frankenstein's daughter. His daughter or granddaughter? I think it's his daughter, right? It's his daughter. Right. And uh, she's like, look, I don't know where it's at. So basically he turns, they think they're crazy. They want to kick him out of town. They're riding along uh, in a cart, him and the gypsy woman. Frankenstein turns, uh, or sorry, Wolfman, the full moon comes out. He jumps off the cart, runs, and he turns into the monster. She's like, wait, come back. You know, I can protect you. He takes off, and um, is this where he kills somebody else, and then he ends up falling through the... Uh, yeah, the... I don't know what you would call the, it. The, the, the shaft, I guess. Yeah. And he falls down there, and he's, it's snow all around. He's trying to get out. He wakes up as uh, Lawrence no. Talbot again. He's back, and, he, and he's looking around, and he's trying to get out. And he, he actually scrapes away some ice, and there you see... Frankenstein frozen mm-hmm. in the snow. So he takes a thing and he starts breaking the glass. And he's like, look, he's like, you know, uh, your, your creator, you know, he, he knows where uh, his diary would be. Take me to it. He's telling him to take him to it. And Frankenstein's like, okay, you know, let's, yeah. let's go. I, and this is Bella Lugosi's Frankenstein. Right off the bat, I don't care how much makeup you put on him. He's going to look like, he looks like a Frankenstein Dracula. That's what he looks like. Because he has that distinct look. Yeah. And so... Um, this this movie's really weird to me. Well, uh, first of all, if Lawrence Talbot's dead from the original, why did he come back to life? Because well, he took the wolf bang out of the right. Well, it says I got something else about that. Like, basically, he's not he's not dead. He's just basically been in comatose for however many years. Four, but four. but 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 in what? the but in the original, they said that his dad killed him with the. Uh, Whatever over the head. Cracked his skull. Yeah. It wasn't with the cane. Right. But isn't a silver bullet only the way to kill a wolf? As long as it was silver, I think. But I don't know. I know but a lot of the, the cane silver. They... I don't know. Is it maybe a little... Oh, and then now answer me this question. What kind of friend is it that when a hand reaches up out of the casket and grabs his arm, he takes off and climbs out and leaves him in there? <laughs> <laughs> right. So basically... Um, <clears throat> 
Lawrence Sabu, you know, he finds Frankenstein's daughter, and he's like, look, I need this. I'll pay you any amount of money, whatever. He's wanting to buy it. She says, no, go. I don't know where it's at. Um, and the one the one guy's like, yeah, well, I think I know where it's at. So they end up taking Talbot to the castle, and they end up finding the thing, and basically the monster walks in, and he's like, oh, oh, he's still alive, whatever. So they end up, the grand scheme of things, they're going to hook up each other to the, to the machines, and they're going to drain the life out of... Frankenstein to drain the life out of Wolfman, if you will, to basically kill them both. Um, well, the one, I forget his name, the guy that uh, said that he could help him, basically sees Frankenstein and like, well, he's not even running out of 100% power. i got to see what this monster could do. So basically, he cranks that cranks up. Cranks it up. Well, and, and you know, sight to be seen, we still don't know what could happen because... Dr. Frankenstein's daughter comes in. He's like, don't pull that switch. And what she do? She pulls that switch. Thing starts blowing up. And then now you have Frankenstein just going crazy. Um, and then you have Wolfman rip out. And then they have their big fight. But to me, the, the funniest part about this whole movie is not the fight. It's not the acting. It's how they die is because the local town drunk says, hey, let's go blow the dam up. And we'll just flood them and kill them both. And guess what happens? He goes on his own. Floods, uh, blows up the dam, floods, and kills both the monsters. I just, this is ridiculous. The ending is so ridiculous, it's not even funny. But we'll get to that in a minute. Sorry, let's go back that, to, to the cast. Now you're going back to the original Universal ending. Yeah, just boom. Cuts. Yeah. All right. So, sorry, we, we okay. I just did that synopsis. We, it was kind of the whole That's what we call there. chasing a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, went down that trail a little mm-hmm. too long. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Director was... Roy Roy William Neal. The writer was Kurt Stagmar. Uh, producer George Wagner. Cinematographer George Robertson. And editor uh, Edward Curtis. Uh, the cast Lon Chaney Jr. as the Wolfman and Lawrence Talbot. Uh, most famously known for his role as the original Wolfman in 1941. Leona Macy was Baroness Elsa Frankenstein. She was also in the 1942 Invisible Agent. I'd never seen that or even heard of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Knowles was Dr. Frank Mannering. That was in 1938 The Adventures of Robin Hood. Uh, Lionel Atwell was the mayor in uh, 1942 to be or not to be. That is the question. <laughs> Bella Lugosi. Legosi. Legosi. Uh, play the monster. Of course, he's Dracula 1931, the, the, the original and the best, as far as I'm concerned. And he was also Igor last week in Son of Frankenstein. Uh, Maria, I ain't even going to try to say her last name, but she was the gypsy woman. Uh, uh, M- Melvia. She was in The Wolfman 1941, and Dennis Hoey was Inspector Owen. That was in 1946, Terror by Night. I really thought it was cool that they got her to come back, too. Yeah, she, she makes a good gypsy mm-hmm. woman. Plays a great part. Uh, awards, 2017, the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films was nominated by the Saturn Award for Best DVD Blu-ray uh, Collection. Uh, and as, as part of the Wolfman Complete Legacy Collection. And then that won the Saturn Award for Best DVD Blu-ray Collection. 
as part of Frankenstein Complete Legacy Collection. 2005, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, nominated by the Saturn Awards for Best DVD Collection as part of the Monster Legacy Collection. And 1944, the Hugo Awards. It won a Hugo for Best Dramatic Presentation Short Form. Roy Williams, Neil, director, and Kurt Sotomark, the writer. Technical dif- uh, difficulties. <laughs> Technical details. <clears throat> there will be some difficulties, I guarantee you, here in a minute. <clears throat> Runtime is 74 minutes. They're just a little bit over an hour again. Uh, sound mix was mono. Color uh, was black and white. Aspect ratio, 1.37 to 1. Laboratory, Universal uh, Studios Laboratory. Uh, negative format was 35 uh, millimeter. The uh, process was surfacical. <laughs> what? Surfacical. Spherical. 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 <laughs> this is going to be a running joke. Ain't it? Next week we'll dispel it. <laughs> uh, printed format 35 millimeters. Started production on October the 12th. 1942. 80 years ago tomorrow, because we're recording this on October 11th. Uh, and it was finished in November 1942, so just a month. We don't even have the end date. It could no. be less than a month. Just give us the, the month of it, but uh, that's uh, unreal. All right, that's all I have for... That part, Jimbo. All right, so let's talk about a little bit more in depth, Mister Sisvirsiku. <laughs> if you were, if you were, did you say it's a musical? If you were a Universal monster, I'd name you Sisvirsiku. <laughs> Be your name. Well, I'm, uh, I'm like ego. I got the teeth in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's your accent, right? My accent. All right. Originally, Lon Chaney Jr. was to play both the Wolfman and the Frankenstein monster in this movie. Mm. But the producers decided the makeup demands and schedule wouldn't permit this. Later in life, Cheney uh, uh, stated in an interview that he did, however, play both monsters in the film. He may well have been referring correctly to Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, where he briefly doubled Glenn Strange after Strange broke an ankle throwing a woman through the laboratory skylight near the end of the film. You actually see Strange stumble, but keep up right after the throw, which we covered that on the podcast. I believe that was two years ago. Um, when the monster's dialogue was deleted, you know, you see your, the alternate versions, um, also removed were any references to the monster being blind. A side effect of uh, Igor's brain being implanted into the monster at the end of The Ghost of Frankenstein. As a result, Bela Lugosi's sleepwalker-like lumbering gait with arms outstretched is not explained and became the subject of ridicule. It also established the Frankenstein monster walk stereotype. Did you know he was blind in this movie? No, I didn't either. No, it's uh, I, maybe I, that, that, but that does explain why he walked that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you, you, we were just talking not too long ago. You said, Well, when Bella Lugosi played him, you know, he had that stupid walk or whatever. I was like, Well, now it makes sense if he was blind. Um, several photos exist showing the deleted scenes, which is the fireside chat between the monster and Talbot beneath this, uh. The icy catacombs of the castle, for instance, where Talbot and the audience learned that the monster is still blind. This has been confirmed by several sources, including screenwriter Kurt Sidemach 
In the mid nineteen, uh, yeah, sorry, in the mid eighties, a search was made through the Universal Studio vaults for a print or negative of the uncut pre-release version. As of this date, it has not been found yet. Now, let me ask you a question: If he was supposed to be blind, it's uh, uh, if watching the movie, uh, it's he has to be able to see somewhat because there's several reasons. How's he, he fighting the Wolfman at the end for well, one? He's not doing that. How do you know where he is? Then he runs and he gets him up on that cart when they're leaving the village and he's throwing barrels off at people that that's chasing them. It just it don't make no sense with that. I don't like. Well, never mind. We'll get in that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stuntman Gil Perkins doubled for Bella Lugosi in the action scene as well as the scene of the monster being released from the ice. In the climatic fight scene, Eddie Parker doubled Don Chaney Jr. as the Wolfman, while Gil Perkins took over as the monster. Based on interviews given years later, Perkins may have also doubled Chaney's Wolfman in the chase scene through the woods into the castle ruins. Some film scholars insist Eddie Parker appeared as the monster in a handful of shots in the climax. This film was shot during World War II amid a a notorious anti-German public campaign by the United States government. Screenwriter Kurt Sidemach, a German Jew himself who had fled his country after hearing anti-Semitic speeches there in 1937, deliberately changed the location of Frankenstein's castle from Germany to the fictional Vasaria. The name translates loosely to water place in German, obviously correlating the dam, waterfall, and hydro- hydroelectric turbine that are integral to the film. Uh, the map painting of the town of Vasaria is lifted from Universal's My Little Chickadee. Hmm. What about that? Uh, this is the first Frankenstein movie to not feature a Dr. Frankenstein. Lawrence Talbert seeks Dr. Frankenstein for help, but never does meet him. However, there is another Frankenstein, Ilona Massey's Baroness Elsa Frankenstein, possibly named after Elsa Lanchester, who played both Mrs. Shelley and the female monster in The Bride of Frankenstein. According to the opening scene of the same Bride movie, the monster's name is also Frankenstein within this film's con- continuity, regardless of what it says in the book. With Bella Lugosi's dialogue scenes cut, he is only on screen for five minutes and six seconds, with stuntmen and doubles appearing in almost two additional films. Yeah. So, that's what... Uh, we'll get, I'll save it for my end, end speech. Uh, the dog Bruno, uh, that is the film, is a German shepherd named Moose, whom Lon Chaney Jr. adopted from the Universal Lot just after Moose's earlier appearance as a wolf that attacks Lawrence in The Wolfman. <laughs> so, it was his own dog. Uh, this was Bela Lugosi's only stint in the role made famous by Boris Karloff and was shot October 12th to November 11th, 1942, so November, less than a month, almost a month exactly, and was released March 5th, 1943. Evelyn Ankers, who played Elsa Frankenstein in The Ghost of Frankenstein, does not reprise her role in this film. It was decided that Lawrence shouldn't have two love interests played by the same actress, so Ilona Macy was cast. This is not the first time in a Frankenstein film that the female lead was recast from an earlier film. May Clark played Elizabeth in Frankenstein, while Valerie Hobson took over the role in uh, for The Bride of Frankenstein. The dialogue spoken by the monster in this film was edited out before the film's release. His dialogue in the film spoke of his desire to control the world, but Universal executives feared the World War II audiences would find it too close to Adolf Hitler's <laughs> own plans to rule the world. So, I, can you see Frankenstein come out, you know, and give the, the Hell Hitler salute or whatever with that? I was like, this could be good. Um, when Larry Talbot discovers a photo of Elsa Frankenstein, you can see that the monster's mouth moving, but without sound coming out. 
Most scenes that include the monster's dialogue were cut completely from the film or dramatically shortened. Here, Bela Lugosi's voice track was simply erased instead of recasting, uh, reshooting the whole thing. But having saying that there, that there didn't, I, you see that. You just don't know if he's trying to say something. Right, wrong. because he can't communicate and he's trying to word words out. But why would it matter if he's blind? He shouldn't have been able to see the photograph to begin with. Well, maybe he's trying to say, I'm blind. <laughs> Uh, in the screenplay, the trans, uh, transplantation of Igor's brain in the Ghost of Frankenstein caused the monster to become blind. So, thanks, Igor. Uh, this film marks the first time the two of Universal Studios' classic monsters appear on screen together. You know, and I, I didn't see, I couldn't find like the budget and how much it's made over the years, but I wonder if that made a, a big kick up in the cells because you had two of the most famous monsters that they've had at the time. What would you say? Uh, I would think so. Uh, and even just the billing, Frankenstein meets Wolfman, with the stars uh, that's in it, would, uh, I believe, would stir up. But do you think people have seen uh, Bella Lugosi as the monster, and they're like, eh, it's not Boris no, Brown. Well, yeah, know, they could have heard it. Um, let's see here. In The Wolfman, the poem that is recited about werewolves goes, even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. For this movie, the ending was changed to and the moon is full and bright. So, Bella Lugosi wasn't in very good physical health during the shooting. That is the main reason why he was doubled by Eddie Parker and Gil Perkins. This was Bella Lugosi's final movie for Universal until Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Uh, preview screenings of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman were a disaster, the selected audience reacted with laughter every time Bella Lugosi as the creature spoke. <laughs> I, I kind of want to hear it though, you know, just just to see if he has that Dracula the voice. You know, the Frankenstein. <laughs> I want to tear your arms off. Uh, the skull fracture happened in the Wolfman when Talbot's father supposedly killed him with a silver-headed cane. So, but obviously, it didn't kill him. He was just in a coma, I guess. <laughs> Uh, Talbot is found in Cardiff, the capital of Wells. So all of our Wells listeners, that is where um, Natalie Knight, our artist, is from in Wells. So uh, The diary reveals that the energy infused in the monster gives it life, that its lifetime will equal the lives of more than a hundred human beings. Assuming that the monster was created in the 1930s, with the average life expectancy in Europe uh, being around 59, that would give the monster a life expectancy of approximately 6,000 years. <laughs> The diary states that the monster cannot be killed unless its energies are drained off artificially by changing the poles from plus to minus. In Young Frankenstein, the diary reveals that one needs to change the poles from plus to minus and from minus to plus. <laughs> Mel Brooks being Mel Brooks. Uh, Dwight Fry, who played Fritz in the Universal's original Frankenstein, and Carl in The Bride of Frankenstein, appears as the Vissarian village, uh, villager Rudy. This was one of the final films of Fry, who died of a heart attack in the same year, 1943. At the beginning of the movie, in the Talbot Mausoleum, Larry Talbot's body, after being buried for four years, shows no sign of decomp decomposition. But that is not because he is dead. He was apparently left in a state of suspended animation since the Wolfman. <laughs> That's a monster movie. They can do what they want. Uh, following on the hills of the original Wolfman, this even more successful sequel was such a monster box office hit that it was credited with saving Universal Pictures from imminent bankruptcy. It has also set uh, the precedent of having more than one established monster character appear in each subsequent Universal horror film to bolster its box office appeal. So there's there's our answer we were asking. 
Uh, the equipment used in the final experiment is the same equipment used in The Invisible Woman to make people invisible. This is the only canical entry in Universal's Frankenstein series that does not feature a hunchback assistant. Strike one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in this film, Larry Talbot clashes with the Frankenstein monster after his transformation into the Wolfman. The character also clashed with the Frankenstein monster while in human mode in House of Dracula and clashed with Dracula as the Wolfman in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. As Talbot and Maliva are riding in a rig towards Viseria, a camera angle shows an odd side of a lone horse walking along their side of the rig in the background. <laughs> uh, Shemp Howard of Three Stooges fame uh, was working at Universal at the time. Uh, he visited Don Barclay on the set who was appearing in the movie. Barclay was an accomplished artist and characterist. A caricaturist. What do we call them, guys? That draw the big heads with little bodies. Uh, he showed Shemp a portrait he had made of Shemp and they... They posed for publicity photos with Ship acting angrily as Barclay over the portraits. So, uh, there are some interesting things in this film. The police chief's uniform is reminiscent of a Nazi uniform. When Talbot wakes up in the uh, puddle, he has his shoes and socks on. In other films, he's barefoot. Also in this segment, there is actually a puddle. So, uh, yeah, when he finds the monster, he is uh, in a frozen block of ice. So how's her puddles and how is her eye? You know what I mean? So... Uh, also, this is the only film in which the monster kills no one. So, Padre, what's your thoughts on... Well, unless you got anything to add before we go well, on. Well, hold on. Let's, let me... Well, if you, you have to think about <laughs> okay, it. Okay, I'm going back. Well, you said something about the shoes and barefoot and all that. There. Now, let me ask you this question. And I, I'm not nitpicking. I know it's what it is. But you ever notice... Um, Okay, Lawrence Talbot's in this asylum, and he turns into the werewolf, goes out, but when he's a werewolf, he's got this dark clothes on, <laughs> and when he comes back, he's in his well, asylum me, me clothes you, laying on the bed. Let me ask you this question. How many pairs of jeans did Bill Bixby have for The Incredible Hulk? Because he ripped those things every yeah. single episode and his flannel shirt. Yeah, I know. I do. You know what I mean? But, I mean, that's the same thing. Does he go buy one every day? No, because he's a wandering traveler. You know what I mean? Um, I think they just did that to make it more creepy. You yeah. know, the whites, maybe they, maybe they played on the white being the good side, the dark being the it bad don't, side. It don't, it's, it's not here nor there with the movie. That's Again, that's just nitpicking on that there. Now, to me, now I'm, I'm going off memory, but... I thought the Wolfman looked different in this movie than he did in the original. Did you? As far as mm. the makeup? It could just... I, I don't Unless know. it was the shadow. I'd have to see it. It could just be because of uh, the better film, uh, lighting, all kinds well, of... I'm just saying I like the one in the, the original better, I think. Yeah, well, it's not here or there. No. Strike two. <laughs> Okay. You want to hear strike three? Oh. <clears throat> Here's what I thought of the movie. Oh, here we go. Buckle up, boys. <clears throat> this is about to be wild. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Again, as I said as a kid, when I, when this first, when I first seen this come out, uh, <clears throat> not that I seen it back in 1940. I was going to say, you're not that old. So. Actually, it was on... Uh, Sammy Terry, Nightmare Theater, when I was a kid growing up, they showed all these movies that, oh man, Frankenstein meets Wolfman. And so it's a great billing. It sells. You've got to see this. 
but it's sort of like a um, uh, a world heavyweight boxing championship. You got two undefeated guys going to box in here, and uh, everybody pays all this money, and they go. People place their bets, and somebody gets knocked out in the first round. Uh, I'm not saying anybody got knocked out in the first round, but uh, it, the billing don't hold up to the name of the movie. Uh, disappointed in the fight scene. You thought there would be more of it. Uh, again, I think the whole thing probably lasts about three minutes, if that. And uh, I think it'd been better if you would have seen a little bit more of that leading up to where they meet and somebody takes off and they meet two or three times. And then, then you can have your ending like that. But uh, as far as this goes here, uh, I was looking at our notes. Uh, Son of Frankenstein was made before this movie, and I thought the, the cinematography and it was better in the Son of Frankenstein than this movie. The the effects, the, the acting, and everything was just all around uh, better than than the Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. It's a great name, a classic fight. Uh, if there was going to be one, but. Uh, the, I think this movie got knocked out. I see it just for the the history of it. I'd maybe give it on a five stars. I'd probably give it a two. But it uh, it's a must see for once, uh, especially if you got younger kids and starting to get into scary movies. They'll like the by the name of itself, but uh, they they'll probably be disappointed in the building of the, of the fight. What do you think, Jimbo? Well, I think, first of all, they should be sued for false advertising. <laughs> um, I, like I said, the Wolfman's one of my favorite all-time Universal monsters. And I think that you could take Frankenstein completely out of this movie, and it might even be a better movie, with him just wanting to end up... I Frankenstein wasn't in the movie. You know, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. His daughter was. His daughter. She's Frankenstein. Okay. But what I'm saying is, you could take the other monster out and just have the Wolfman and take all the scenes out with the monster, and I think it could still be a good movie. Um, I was wait, I was wanting so much more out of the fight. You know what I mean? Like I said in my big spiel at the beginning before we even basically started at the beginning, um, disappointing. Um, the the time that they shared on screen was really good. Uh, the fight was really good up to that point. Um, but but here's something else. I, I you know I started thinking. Okay. So we just watched Son of Frankenstein, right? And there's a scene in Son of Frankenstein where uh, they have all those secret chambers and they're going through that castle, you know, and Igor comes out, you know, and, and then Frankenstein walks out and he's like, come, come. And he walks out and Igor goes to try to push that stone back into place and Frankenstein just puts his hand and like, cheek, one-handed. To me, Frankenstein would have destroyed the Wolfman if he would have got his hands on him here, if we're going on the logic of that, because he would have just ripped his arms off, twisted his head, whatever. Yeah. He's super strong. Um, and especially being a hundred times stronger than at a full power that he had never achieved yet, I, I Wolfman wouldn't have stood a chance. Now, well, the Wolfman's agile. I get that. I'm a Wolfman fan. But if they fought at any amount of time, then Frankenstein is going to win this if he got his hands on him. Which brings me to my next point. There was another movie, and I don't remember. Uh, it might have been Hammer Films. It might not have been Hammer Films. But it's Frankenstein versus Dracula. I do believe. And Frankenstein does rip off the arms of Dracula. I think is, is was it? It's, I, I I don't think it was a hammer film. It was a cheap made right thing. And then, and then I remember I somehow remember he rips Dracula's arms off, and somehow 
Frankenstein dies, and I remember Dracula, and he ends up dying in the sunlight or something. It's something crazy, too. But I was wanting so much more out of this movie. Like I said, yeah, I would agree with you. It's probably only a two. Um, I like the premise of him wanting to be human again, trying to get people, or him wanting to die, him wanting to be freed, him wanting to be, you know, the curse gone or whatever. But it just didn't live up to what it should be. Does that make sense? And yet it saved Universal out of going bankrupt. Well, because, like I said, I was excited to that, see it. Right. You were excited to watch it, it as a kid. That's why it, it drew it, up on... It don't live up to the building. No. And I don't like... And do you think... Ghosty is Frankenstein. That's what I was saying. Do you think all. if they would have had Boris Karloff as Frankenstein that it would have been better? Uh, no, and I'll tell you why. It would have been no different, really. Well, Car- they, may, they may have kept his dialogue in... Because well, they, they laughed at, they laughed at. Yeah, but they may not have either. I, it, that's not here or there again with me, whether he talks or not. And Karloff makes a better Frankenstein, no doubt. But leaving the story as it is, uh, <clears throat> it just won't live up to the the billing because a three minute fight. And I, right, and I have a question for you. Um, about halfway in this movie, maybe a little longer halfway, they break out into a musical, like a German song or something. Yeah, that uh, went too long. Right. Um, why Why did uh, Talbot just be like, stop singing that? You know what I mean? And he started yelling at him. Like, um, because he's, the singer said something in the song, the words that uh, life's not very long or I forgot what it was that death's forever and, and that's why he told him to stop I, I can't remember the exact words on there but because he's I'm wanting to die I'm wanting to die right you know right so um, life's not short because he, he can't die right so if we're comparing this with what we watched last week um, last week looks like an Emmy Award winner compared to this movie and don't get me wrong Lon Chaney Jr. is probably one of my favorite universal actors and I love the Wolfman but the whole movie was just Disappointing, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Yes, it's it's. Uh, I still like it. Don't get me wrong, I still like it, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. Does that make sense too? Right. It's like it's like going to, uh, you know, a box of mess, a WrestleMania and, and singing <laughs> King Kong Buddy Squash Special Delivery Jones at WrestleMania and, and, nine and, seconds. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's like you got to be kidding me. Right. And do you so, remember watching at the beginning uh, when you were young and seeing it? Did you think, what did I just watch? Like, were you disappointed? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, I don't remember right off my thing. But, of course, a lot of it, when you're younger like that, it's like, hurry up and let's get to the fight. <laughs> right. You don't want no story. You just want them to Yeah, I, I want to see the fight, and which you don't see till the last three minutes of the show, which makes that And very... you, you're thinking, oh, because you didn't have the bottom, like, counter of how much time's left on your movie when you were at the no, movie theater or anything. Just... So you're like, oh, here we go. We're getting ready to have this knockout match. And then you see, like I said, the drunk town drunk comes in, and he blows that dam up, and it basically floods both of them. And then it's like... The end, and I'm like, how are you just going to end this movie? There's like, you know, you could at least seem like uh, maybe to save face if you ever wanted to make any more movies, you could have had like Frankenstein's hand like reach up on the the shoreline or something, you know what I mean? Or maybe have the Wolfman crawl out on the other side, have them stare down at each other or something. That way, you could potentially set up something in the future where you meet you know, again, <laughs> right? And you could just have a bigger fight at that point. I don't know. And I thought the ending was very. Uh 
the water coming down and all that was very phony looking. Yeah, kind of cheesy. Um, it was. Uh, so, Padre, what uh, next week, uh, what movie will we be covering in the, our next Universal? Is it The Mummy's Tomb? Tomb. The Mummy's Tomb will be our next Universal Monster Series episode. So, um, I think we've you got anything else to say before we wrap this up, Mr. Spherical? Um. No, they probably could have used a hunchback sidekick in this movie to help it out. Well, they did because Igor's brain was in Frankenstein and he's blind, remember? So, well, with that being said, I think this episode is coming to a close and that's a wrap. And cut. That's a wrap. You gotta say cut and then do it, not oh. cut. <laughs> what?